So hi guys, welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. I'm your host, Carmen, um, the founder, and this is where we share inspiring business tips and stories of the leaders of today's society. This podcast is for creative entrepreneurs, artists, influencers, and leaders wanting to be the best versions of themselves. And we share the habits, secrets, and routines of how to lead a life of greatness. And today we have Richard Tan, who is the founder and CEO of Success Resources. He is a man behind a $100 million business, also known as the world's largest seminar organizer, which basically runs over 500 events around the world each year in 30 countries and across 70 cities. So they have approximately 10 million attendees each year. And what's really interesting is the keynote speakers they have, including the likes of Tony Robbins, Bill Clinton, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Russell Brands, and many, many more. Um, and so Richard and I actually met in Singapore earlier, earlier this year at the National Achievers Congress event where Gary Vee was speaking. Um, and so in today's episode, I want to really dive deep into how it all started and how you've mastered, you know, authentic networking um, and building trust and relationships and using all of this to leverage and build your business, but also looking into the key teachings on like marketing, selling and event planning. So, welcome to the Another Startup Story show, Richard. How are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Carmen, it's so, so great uh, to connect again. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you're currently in Tokyo right now, right? What are you doing there? Yeah, I'm in Tokyo right now. We just finished an event with uh, Baba Kiyosaki, the author of uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah. right here in uh, Tokyo. Uh, this is our second uh, stop in Japan. The first stop in Sapporo. And then now it's in Tokyo. Yeah, we just finished. It'll be very, very exciting. Amazing. I love, I love that book. It's so, so, so good. And so I guess to start off with, do you want to just tell for our listeners, why would anyone want to come to a success resources event? Uh, what, what is it about? What can they expect? Wow, that's a very good question. Now, success resources, we run uh, educational seminars all over the world. And our niche is bringing world-class speaker. And because we are able to attract a huge or large audience, we are able to spread the cost, right? Say, for example, if you want to go to a corporate program to, say, uh, listen to I say, Bill Clinton, it will cost you a lot of money, right? Because just yeah, his fee divided by a small amount of people and you have to pay several thousand dollars to listen to him. But we are able to attract like many thousands of people and where we spread the cost and every ordinary people can come for a small fraction of the fee and yet learn from world-class speakers and world-class leaders. So mm-hmm. that's the reason why um, many people would want to come to attend a success resources program. Yeah, and so you've had some pretty successful personalities speak at Success Resources. So you've had like Jay Abraham, uh, Robert, who you spoke about, um, Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, and Grant Cardone, and that that's just you know a few of them. What? How did you manage to kind of get them to speak at your events, and how did it all start out? Okay. I think that's a good question also. Everybody asks, hey, how, how to get a president or United States to speak in your event? Or how you get uh, Anthony Robin to speak in your event? I guess the thing here is, is you know, as, as much as we want the uh, best speaker in the world to present our platform, the speaker, the great speaker or the uh, professional speaker, they also want a reputable promoter. So mm-hmm. I started off uh, with the intention of over-delivering what we promise. Uh, you know, when we are giving small uh, responsibility, we do them well. So well that the universe reward us with a bigger opportunity. So I believe, I truly believe that when you do even a small commitment well, then the universe will mm-hmm. give you a bigger commitment. And if you do that commitment well, you have the opportunity to take on a bigger commitment. So I guess, over the years, we built our reputation and our world-class speakers like Jay Abraham, Robert Kiyosaki, Anthony Robin, Grant Cardone, etc. They want to work with people who can deliver. Mm, so that's absolutely. the reason why we get connected, right? 
yeah and then it's just through recommendation and just through um yeah referrals i guess and also building a reputation right yep so who were who were the first speakers of your like how long have you been running success resource um events for we run i started uh, success resources in 1994 so today is is over 25 years already yeah i got started a little bit by accident (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i started by accident uh. So I was laid off and someone came to me and volunteered me to help a non-profit organization that's running a conference. At the end of the conference, somebody said, hey, you know, Richard, you are quite a good organizer. Why don't you do it full-time? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I've been doing full-time from that day till today and I started by accident. Wow, that's crazy. And, and who were my first speakers? Uh, like Tom Hawkins. And- Tom Hopkins and and for our listeners who who is Tom Hopkins? Uh, so Tom Hopkins is the world number one uh, sales teacher, sales coach. Okay. He wrote the book called The Art of Selling. Oh, I've heard comp- that. Yeah, yeah. And competitive selling. And anybody who wants to succeed in the profession of selling, you know, Tom Hopkins' material and his book will be a great textbook for you to learn how to sell. So he is he was one of one of our first speaker. Wow. And just on the topic of selling, so even the 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 tickets, like obviously having to fill, you know, a big big um arenas and big locations and big venues, what would you say are the top three most practical tips? Because I think, you know, any entrepreneur and even as anyone providing a service or a product needs to learn the art of selling. It's not just salesmen or saleswomen who need to learn. And I think it's such an important skill. And I know especially for a lot of females, they find it hard to sell and it's like cringy and it's like it's embarrassing, you know? What what are the three you know, most practical tips you can give around selling. You know, everybody thinks that selling is a skill for a salesman, right? Like, you know, you, you imagine our, our parents tell us when we were young, huh? Yeah. Come, come on, be careful. If people knock on the door, don't open the salesman. <laughs> That's so like, true. So, so, you know, people think that door-to-door salesmen yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't open the door, they are bad, they will come and uh, take your money. And, all. and so, the connotation of salespeople isn't quite positive. Yeah? But the truth of it is that uh, sales do not just apply to those people that peddle goods or, or the telemarketing, etc. It's for everybody. Say, for example, if you want... Uh, to um, you know, instill in your children certain good habit, do not smoke, don't throw rubbish on the floor. You must be able to sell them, right? Mm-hmm. You must be able to tell your children why they should have study hard, why they should you know, wash their dishes, why they should wash their hands. You got to sell them. Now, even on a even personal, personal basis, you got to sell yourself why you should lose weight why you should eat healthy until you sell yourself that why you should do certain things like wake up early in the morning etc you won't get it done so selling definitely definitely is not just someone going door to door on the phone or yeah totally it is it is it is a skill uh, to communicate I, I believe selling is a communication skill mm. uh, to, you communicate in a way to influence someone to look at your side of the story or your proposal. That, that is selling. Now, in fact, selling skill is so important that many company uh, business owners fail because the owner himself do not like to sell. Mm-hmm. And I believe a successful company is one that the CEO or the entrepreneur or the business owner must be the chief salesperson, right? He, he or she has to sell the idea to the team. He or she has to sell uh, mm-hmm. the target. He or she has to sell the, the mission, the value to the team. Yeah. And, and uh, then... And also to investors as well, right? Yeah. So the CEO must be the chief salesperson. The prime minister of the country must be the chief salesperson, 
yeah, and uh, the president of you know, <laughs> of America is a chief salesman, right? Seriously. Go around and sell uh, America to be great again, sell China, why they should uh, back off from uh, trade, sell to North Korea, why they should let go of the nuclear uh, ambition, etc. So everybody is a salesperson. Everybody is a salesperson because as, soon, as long as you need to get something done, you are a salesperson. Yeah, that's so true. So just on the topic of, so looking at the events that you run, they are largely obviously very educational, but so for anyone, the type of people that want to go are generally tend to be either, you know, aspiring or existing entrepreneurs or people who just want to further develop and improve themselves and really step into their full potential. Um, and so I think sometimes the media can portray personal development as like negative um, and also labeling such like self-help books as like a way to fix ourselves. Um, but I think the truth is like if all business leaders or scientists like, or artists and entrepreneurs and politicians and athletes, if we all simply installed these kind of common habits and secrets of success, then we'd have a whole new world um, and a lot less depression and anxiety and, and mediocrity, um, but also a lot more creativity, um, innovation, peace and love. So my question for you is, why do you think our mindset and personal growth is so important for anyone listening today? Yeah, of course. I think, I, I guess, I would never ask this question because when you talk about personal development, personal development come in many many uh, areas. If you go to if you go to uh, school from primary school to secondary school, to me is part of also personal development in certain area. Well, if if school can't teach you, and uh, your say for example someone want to make money, right? And if school can't teach you how to make money then your parents can teach you. However, if your parents are not rich and wealthy, uh, no matter how much your parents love you, they cannot teach you what they don't know. And hence, you've got to learn from someone who uh, know how to do it. Just like parents who uh, send their kids to learn how to play the piano. Now, if the parents are musically uh, are talented, inclined, if they can teach piano, that the children can learn from the parents. Otherwise, they have to send the children to a music class. So as per personal development in the area of uh, how to run a business, how to, how to lead, how to communicate, etc. are skill, are skill that you can't learn anywhere and hence you go out of your normal uh, area and you attend a seminar. So that's personal development. Uh, to learn skill you otherwise don't learn in school. So I think it is uh, pretty normal for someone who want to improve either in their career, personal life, or uh, business life to, to learn so that you can become a more productive and more successful person. Yeah, totally. I think it's just about, you know, learning from the best within that specific field. Um, and so if people come to the conferences, you know, they hear from, they hear all this wealth of wisdom and these tips from um, these speakers, but how do they, because I want to talk about flow through and how do they install these habits and wisdoms? Um, because the truth is knowledge is not enough um, and you need to execute what you learn. And that's why we have business coaches and mentors and support groups. Um, and they're really vital to keep you accountable. So how do you ensure like these new habits and new tips and tricks are, are basically, um, how do you ensure you're putting it into your life and actually, you know, living through it? That's a very good question. I, I, I approach this question uh, on maybe two level, right? Number one, many people go to a Tony Robbins program and they say, hey, you know, go to a Tony Robbins program. He motivates you, you get excited, and after two, three months, you're back to where you are. So they say that mm. it's no use, it's not effective, it's not, it's not um, permanent. Now, I believe that <clears throat> even if it's, you, you go somewhere, you go to attend a program to be inspired and motivated, to be, and then you get motivated, it's better, and even if it lasts for three months, it's better to be 
motivated and inspired for three months, then not to get motivated again. And yeah. the truth is that, the truth is that nothing is permanent. Yeah, you you shower today. You need to shower tomorrow. I mean, you shower today doesn't mean that okay, we don't have to shower tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, nothing in the world is permanent. Even you know the the ground that we are stepping on after several hundred million years later will erode away, mm. and it's gone. So it is perfectly okay for someone to be motivated, inspired, and then have to be remotivated and inspired again. It's totally, totally acceptable. Okay. Now, next is how uh, can you sustain the enthusiasm or the insp- you know, the, the state of being inspired? Mm-hmm. I believe that environment is very important. Now, if you okay. uh, if you go to a coaching uh, session, uh, you know, and there are other like-minded people, you tend to be, you tend to be. You tend to be you tend to be influenced by the environment. If if you hang around with friends who uh, like to run a marathon or like to travel, they tend to encourage you, and then you tend to join them. You know, travel yeah, around and uh, then uh, have a common interest, or you tend to be be like them. You know, so getting into the right environment is very very important. So if if right. Uh, you go to a business program and then you learn certain skill and then you hang around with those uh, like-minded business people who probably demand of you and themselves more than what other people demand of them and you have this tendency you have have this tendency to raise your standard so that you can be like them or they could influence you and it is perfectly, perfectly uh, it is perfectly, perfectly Okay, and uh, to 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 choose the right environment so that you can grow with people around you. So so this second point is to encourage you to join a positive uh, environment, positive group of people, so that you can grow to through their influence. Mm, that's so important. It's like what they say: who you hang around with. Like, tell me who your friends are and I can tell you your future. Um, and I remember this relates to a book that I once read called Never Eat Alone. It's quite a popular book. Um, I rem- remember reading it back at university. And it basically talks about the foundations of networking um, and how the power of relationships and not not keeping score, but also leveraging these relationships to, to ensure that everyone wins. Um, and I remember when I first started another startup story, um, and I started, I wanted to interview people. So I just reached out to like my friends, my colleagues, my CEO at the company I worked for, and just anyone within my contact list. And now we've kind of grown and, you know, we interview the likes of people like you and some other really big players in the game. But I think now I've managed to create like a network of people who genuinely want to help me with my interests and goals and vice versa. So like, what are your thoughts on kind of finding the right mentors and people in your life to pull you forward? And for our listeners, how would, how would I go about finding the right mentor for me? Well, this, this is a very interesting uh, question. <clears throat> Number one is that most mentor, most mentor, they don't, they not necessarily uh, need to be paid. Mentor not necessarily need to be paid. And um, many mentors would not want to be termed as someone's mentor because that gives them a lot of responsibility. I'm your mentor. However, most people don't mind to be your friend, right? Now, secretly, they are your mentor, but to them, you are a friend. And as a friend, as a friend, uh, I'm open to sharing my experience or I'm open to uh, uh, giving uh, you know, some coaching or uh, some lessons uh, that can help you. So I, I guess the, the way, that number one is that uh, you come, don't come across as very aggressive and cause someone to felt very responsible now so these are mentors that that 
are not professional mentor as you don't pay them, you know. I mean, of course, there are some mentor you, you pay them a thousand dollar a month or, uh, you know, ten thousand a year, etc. So, this, they are professional coaching, or they are professional coaching. What I'm referring to is if you respect certain business people or certain leaders, and uh, you say, Would you mentor, would you be my mentor? The guy most probably will say no because. <laughs> Why would I be responsible for your life, right? Yeah, so, if you say, hey, you know, uh, uh, can, can I be your friend? Of course, they say, yeah, I mean, if you are nice enough, so of course, we can be friends. So, yeah. as a friend, as a friend, over a cup of coffee or over a cup of tea, you know, uh, would you share with me how you IPO the company? Would you be able to share with me, you know, how you can manage, you know, uh, a company that's turnover? 100 million mm. and they will be they will they be great to share with you uh their 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 journey and their life i guess when the experience and you learn yeah. from that so 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 being a friend be a friend uh, the, the 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 anger of being a friend you know is a way to get a mentor that's so true, actually, because looking at my mentors in my life now, they've just kind of happened by accident. And I've always wanted to look for a mentor, but had never really, you know, just found it. And then just through some people who are a lot more experienced than me, you know, and older than me and have um, built amazing, successful businesses, they've just been, well, we just get along as like friends and, and we conversate and we, you know, have worked together on business ideas and they have just ended up becoming my mentor. Um, but I think sometimes it's just about, you know, personal connections and being able to bond because you want a mentor to be able to understand you, right? And vice versa. So yeah, really, really good advice. Um, so also just speaking from experience um, and having come across, you know, multiple leaders and interviewing many individuals kind of just like killing it in, within their respective fields. I think yeah. one of the common characteristics among these leaders is, you know, persistency and having the ability to get up off their knees every time they fail, um, but also having enough humility to actually learn from your mistakes. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in how you deal with failure. Um, so please, could you tell us how, yeah, how you deal with failure? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Well, I, it's all about attitude, right? You could say that, hey, you fail. Uh, when you see a customer or you see a prospect, you didn't manage to close the sales and you say, oh, I failed to close him. Or on the other hand, you could say, well, um, I did not manage to communicate well. I did not manage to communicate my intention well. I, I did not uh, manage to communicate the feature or the value of my proposal well. And that's why he did not take it. So, uh, I have to improve myself. So, instead of saying, it's a failure, it is a lesson, right? It is a lesson that, or it is a feedback, right? So, instead of saying, I fail, I said, thank you for your feedback. Uh, this is, this is like... Constructive criticism. <laughs> this is a wake-up call, a feedback to me, and I'm going to make the change. So it's, it's more of an attitude, right? Yeah. It's a, you, you can call it a feedback, you can call it a lesson, you can call it, you can call it, the universe wants to test me, right? <laughs> yeah, give me a test. So I'm, I'm fine for the test, okay? I, I didn't do well on this test. Uh, test me again, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Uh, you know, so it's an attitude, right? Bring it on, man. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> again. So it's a test. Mm. Yeah, that's it's, attitude. It's, attitude. it's how you deal with it afterwards. And I think that's how I approach, that's my mentality and how I approach um, failure and things that don't necessarily go how I expected or don't go my way. I just say, you know, it's a test and I'll, I'll be better next time, you know. Um, that's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. And it's like, it means there's less time kind of living in regret and living in the past and being annoyed at myself for making these mistakes. And it's like, oh, it's fine. Like, 
I'm still alive. Like I just won't make that same mistake again. <laughs> um, but if you don't try, you don't start, if you don't start that business or don't give that thing a go, then you'll never know and you'll never learn. So I actually think failure is a really good thing. Um, so just now I want to move on to um, the topic of event planning. Um, obviously with success resources, like I've been to the events and they're really, really well organized and they are very much like, like you said, you over deliver, um, in quality of service. So in terms of kind of marketing strategies, like before the events happened, so let's say I'm planning a launch event or I'm trying to get signups on a new app. How, what kind of advice would you give to best go about, um, approaching a marketing strategy, um, in the lineup to the big event? So, uh, 20 years ago, 10 years ago and today, it's really, really, really different, right? So, 20 years ago, we don't have the internet, uh, yeah. television, radio are big, direct mail are big things, direct mail, copies, you know, how you write a copy, you put an advertisement in the newspaper, they are all effective 20 years ago, up 10 years ago. But today, things have changed, you know, social media, uh, online. Even, even like five years ago, you market through emails, right? Today, you can't send an email because of the filter, etc. And the uh, privacy law, you just can't send it to anybody. And, and, and things have changed. Uh, today, one of the most effective way is social media. Now, even social media today, you can pay you can pay tons of money on Facebook. If you have enough money, right, you can you can you can uh, you can get lots of results, or you can get results. So today, the genius are those that are able to get results at a minimum minimal cost. Right? almost no cost. And the way to do it is like yourself building community when they trust you and when you launch something, they all will come because they are your fan. This is today the latest and uh, most innovative and uh, most effective way uh, is to influence people at a minimal cost. So what you are doing is the right thing now, you know, doing this podcast, doing community so that they trust you, so one day, you make an announcement of some, some, some product or service, yeah, your fans will come to, 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 to participate at you a know, very, very I just wanted to ask these questions for my own knowledge, for myself. And so mm. like being able to share this with our community has been a privilege. And that's where I get the, um, I guess, you know, it's really like me seeing other people inspired and being able to help other people is what makes me happy. And there's nothing more rewarding than that, you know? So it's good to hear that I'm on the right path. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, so just on the topic of social media, um, like you said, times have really changed. And back then people would use TV advertising advertisements, out of home advertisements, um, and there was no such thing as like Instagram or even Facebook back then. Um, and so moving on to if we're talking about like the importance of personal development or how like the message and how these basic life principles, like, they haven't really changed and they've kind of been passed down from years and years of like, you know, gurus. And the only thing that has changed is like the method of delivery and how it's been, you know, brought out into the world. Um, and so how do you think social media has carved out these changes in the delivery methods and where do you predict like a movement towards like moving from Instagram and YouTube to maybe more short form content such as TikTok? I don't know if you've heard of TikTok. It's really big in Asia, but I, I feel like it's going to be the next big platform. So, yeah. How do you think that these changes in delivery um, will, will come across in the next few years? In fact, I, I, I put a lot of time to think about this. Okay, so, you know, the internet, you get, because of the internet, you get lots of content, you got YouTube content, you have uh, Instagram, you got online learning. And today, contents are 
in, in a couple of years ago, people buy contents online, right? But today it's so competitive that people are giving content for free. If you charge, nobody is going to go to your site. Content for free. So content tends to become lower and lower price. And in fact, contents are free. You go to YouTube, you go to online, you can get so many information and content for free. And hence, I believe that the site, the, the, it will be a cycle, right? To go back to, uh, people like to uh, be with real people rather than be online. Okay? So you, I believe that in, in a couple of years time, the trend is that you can do all this online, online thing, but when come to someone who want to pay you, they want to pay you where they want to see somebody live, where they want to have an experience, where they want to you know, play game, they want to shake hand, they want to hug somebody, real someone. Uh, and I believe that this, it, it will go towards that, you know. It will go towards uh, life meeting, real, where you meet a real person. That's where you are willing to pay for that service. Then online, everything online is going to be free. That's my thought. That's really interesting. I think, um, like, I know so many freelancers and bloggers and like other coaches who give, you know, thing content online because how else are people going to trust you? How else are you going to get people to come to your page or your website or your platform? So, and I think the power of human connection um, and talking to a real person right now in this digital age is so so important, especially with Instagram and so many bot followers and everything. And so distance like distance online learning using youtube videos um and books are great but also i think people trust people and people buy from people at the end of the day um and so my next question is how can aspiring and like existing entrepreneurs or anyone wanting to elevate their life um how can how can we implement these practices and tools to to a to create a professional and successful life That's a very good question. Uh, we can't, we can't, uh, we cannot run away from social media. We cannot run away from uh, internet. In fact, today, like yourself, right? You can do your business wherever you are, in Jordan, in Bangkok. You know, you can you can do lots of things. And today, if you have a handphone, right? Handphone here. Yeah. iPhone. You can, you can run your business today from here. You can run a million dollar or billion dollar business just yeah. from your iPhone anywhere in the world. And the advantage uh, is that you know, you, most of you are young people and the world is in your hand because you are so comfortable with this. The older folks, you know, it's harder for them to, to get used to it. Mm -hmm. So today, today, I must say that uh, it is an equal playing field for the younger generation. Yeah. Every one of you have the power of this in your hand. And either you can watch a movie here or you can do business here. Mm. Today, you can spend money on your phone, shopping, etc. Or you can make money from your phone. So everybody is, uh, everybody, whether you are uh, the color of your skin, whether you are male, female, you have the same success opportunity in the palm of your hand, right? Yeah. And this, this is the message I want to share with, uh, if you have, you know, if this is going out to all the young people, you know, young people, yeah, you, have, you have your, you have the power in your hand and whatever you do with your power, whatever you do with this power is up to you. At the end of it, you can either waste your time away or you can use this power to create money or do something good. Yeah, that's such a good answer. And it kind of reminds me of what, what Gary Vee was saying. He was like, I remember being at the event um, earlier on this year and he was like, he held his phone up. He's like, this phone is literally like the most, it's like gold. Like you can do everything and anything from it. And um, yeah, like I use my phone to run my business. I prefer doing things on the laptop just because I'm old fashioned and I have fat thumbs <laughs> while I don't, but like I hate typing on my phone. So I like to type on my laptop, but you know, I'm always like my phone is, is so many tools and so many apps and 
things that you can do to be earning money. Um, and if you think about it, even Instagram, it's a free marketing tool and anyone can almost start a business. Being successful is another story, but anyone, like the, the barriers to entry are so low now. So we're so lucky and we're so privileged as millennials to kind of have this um, opportunity. And if you think way back, you'd have to pay for like marketing in a magazine and um, it's expensive and you can't even track the results. So yeah, we're really, really lucky, I guess. Um, so yeah, you've just got to make use of your phone, right? Um, so just, uh, I want to kind of go back to um, success resources and the business model. Um, so how did you initially develop the business model and have you always, you know, you've always focused on events. So my question is, have you decided to ever diversify um, and how have you kind of like, how has the business model evolved? from the, from 1994 <laughs> <laughs> long time yeah so we are in the education business right even though we sometimes people call us uh, running seminars but i prefer that we we provide a platform whereby the public can learn lessons uh, that can help them become more productive or become successful. So we are in the education business. Now, in the education business, the actually the content, the, the message is evergreen, but the way we deliver it may be different. And uh, the strategy could be different. Uh, the medium of the, uh, delivery could be different. Uh, and uh, our mission is to change life globally to education that did not change, gilling uh, to the uh, anchor to the rock, that means anchor to the message didn't change, but gale to the time will change, right? Gale to the time will change. So, uh, our strategy is to provide useful content so that our participants will find value uh, to it and then they will then learn to become successful. Now, most people think the strategy is the, the different media of uh, delivery. For example, a live program or online program or even yeah. experiential program like camps, etc. Now, I do believe that there is a, that every, uh, every of these strategy will have its market segment. For example, online, right? Now, lots of people don't want to travel. Uh, they don't want to spend uh, money staying in a hotel or travel and, and they are comfortable with online however online has its limit for example the limit that it limit yourself uh, from certain uh, content only but you cannot experience experiential learning you don't have it there so so there is a market for online and there is a market for uh, real learning and there's a market for for example experiential uh, learning and uh, for success resources uh, we are as, as you mentioned we are 30 countries uh, 70 city and 500 over events mm. and, and, and we we do recognize this and hence you know uh, we have different program for different uh, different needs right of people so our strategy is still to uh, to go deep so that somebody that come to a program can go can 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 choose to go deep in a subject and be expert in a subject and and becomes our customer uh, for life not just one time you know so that's our strategy yeah so i guess like making someone almost like a retainer client um, customer essentially yeah. um so you mentioned um, you were talking about, you know, having the events and replicating them across 30 different countries. Um, and I guess once the formula is perfected, you can just apply this worldwide. So you started out in Singapore, which is where your headquarters are, and then you expanded to Malaysia next. Is that right? Well, I, I started the business in three cities, Singapore, KL, right. and Penang, right? And then eventually uh, we uh, developed the other city, but you are right that we started in Singapore, Malaysia, and Penang. Uh, Penang. Oh, my dad has just bought a place in Penang. <laughs> he, <laughs> he wants to retire there. <laughs> um, I'm still yet to visit. I have, I've never been, but he always talks about Penang. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so it's funny because I was literally, I was sitting at the airport in Amman the other day in the Middle East and I was looking at, there was a McDonald's there and I was just thinking like, you know, if I go to, you know, McDonald's in the UK, I expect the same product, the same quality and service in this McDonald's in Amman. Um, And so my question is, can people accept expect the same kind of quality and delivery whichever country they attend a success resources event and do you tailor the events to specific cultures and, and cities that is a very good question uh, the same program when you run in different country have a majority of the contents and the experience will be the same now there will be minor uh, changes based on the country or, or the language but if you attend a, a Unleash the Power Within program by Anthony Robin in Sydney or in China or in Singapore or in London, it will be the same. It's Tony Robin that, that speaks, uh, that, that, that teaches. Yeah. The content will be the same. Now, some example will be different. Tony, because if you, are, if you do the program in Japan, Tony will, will customize some example in Japan if you are. If you are in Singapore, he will bring out Lee Kuan Yew. If you are in, uh, if the program is in the UK, he will talk a little bit of Brexit. But I would say that ninety percent of the content will be the same. Uh, if you attend the Success Resource Program, yeah, uh, globally, yep. Okay, cool. Um, I guess, like, as an entrepreneur with over like twenty years of experience in event management um, at a large scale, and so you measure your results through the use of KPIs, right? Um, what advice can you give on setting the right KPIs um, to actually measure the right results? Because I know so many businesses, you know, set KPIs, but they may not be setting the right ones in order to track the results that they need. So what advice can you give for business owners in setting KPIs? So for events business, right? Because I'm in the event business. For event business, there are a few KPIs. Uh, number one is the number of people in the room. Okay. This is not the most important KPI, but the number of people in the room is one of the KPI. The second KPI is your sales in dollar and cents. Right? Okay, so how much do you generate? And the third KPI is your uh, profit, right? How much profit do you make? So three KPI, number first KPI, the number of people in the room, Okay. Now, whether you have 100 people or 300 people, 500 people. And then next KPI is how much uh, dollar and cent you generate. And the most important KPI, whether you make any money or not. Because it's very important not to lose money. Because if you, once you lose money, you won't be able to do the next program. You won't be able to provide uh, sufficient customer service. You won't be able to reward your staff. You won't be able to take care of your speaker. And you won't be able to you know, run the next program if you lose money. So don't lose money. That, that is a very important KPI. So simple, but yeah, so hard to kind of, you know, incorporate. I guess it's just managing the two levers, like minimizing costs and maximizing income. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to a slightly different topic. Um, I know you once said um, that when you do small things well, the universe will reward you with bigger responsibilities, which is kind of what you said, you know, right at the beginning of this conversation. Um, so my question is, like, do you believe in a higher power? Do I believe in a higher power? Like yeah. God? Yeah, yeah. I, I do believe there's a God. I do believe there's a God. You do. And um, can you talk a bit more about your personal journey with faith? Okay, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believe. Uh, I believe that God created heaven and earth and this whole universe. And he has a purpose for each and every one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and it, it's, just the, it's just that I, I believe by faith, right? By faith. Now, so even though uh, things that I don't see, but I believe that there is a, uh, there is a creator Mm-hmm. And guess what? This creator is not like, like you know, a monster or what. He <laughs> is a loving creator. I love that. He's a loving <laughs> creator. Yes. Yeah. And he actually loves each and every one of us. Yeah. 
so true no. i agree and what would you say is the one thing that anchors you in your life oh I, one of the things that anchor me in my life is my love for this creator yeah mm -hmm. and uh, i believe that the the secret to success the secret to success two things number one uh fear god fear god and love to work with and, and know how to work with people so if you fear god you want to be honest you want to please him and that is a very 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 important foundation mm. uh, you don't you, you live you 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 do things with integrity uh, because of this foundation yeah and because you think with integrity somehow you won't get into a lot of trouble yeah and learn how to work with people if you learn how to work with people you can get more things done because one person cannot do everything if you can if you know how to work with people as a team you can do a lot yeah a lot yep like, wow i love that that's absolute gold um i think uh, i totally agree but I guess on top of that, that just made me think, what would you say is the best advice you've ever had? Um, the best advice you've ever had from um, any of the speakers who have, you know, come to speak at the Success Resource events? I, I just kind of lost you a bit because the inter internet just interrupted. Oh, sorry, my bad. Um, no, my question is, it kind of made me think, what is what is like one of the best advice that you can give from um any of your speakers who have spoken at this success resource event well i i i, I have advice from many many of the speakers not just one speaker every speaker yeah, I'm sure <laughs> every for every speaker i i learned i learned different thing and maybe uh at that point in time at that point in time, you know, it, age, age counts and that point in time counts. So I would say that, uh, uh, I would say that uh, every, I learned many things from many speakers, uh, but there, there, are, there are one or two things maybe I can just share. Yeah, sure. Please do. And it is not going to be very long, but uh, long but you know to me it's very very powerful right the first lesson i learned i won't mention even who i learned this from is this you don't need to know everything to do something right you need to know everything to do something uh, you don't need to say be very good in english to write a book right so the world is full of people who want to know everything or want to perfect everything before they start to do something yeah and that's why they never get, they never get started right yeah so this this thing is never you don't have to know everything to start doing something number two okay number two is this don't quit uh mm. because if you don't quit you just always be in the game right so no matter what you do if you are you did not quit you are still there and you never know that the 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 light is just around the corner you are about to see light you know and if you quit you are out of the game so this second one and then the third one is this it's just just an advice that uh, i take very seriously uh, you only live once yeah. if you do it right, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Mm. You only live once. You only live once. If you do it right, once is enough. Maybe one final one, okay? I'll just final one. Okay, go I on. Know, okay. I love this. Uh, you know, don't miss two things in your life. Two things in your life. Number mm. one, the opportunity to fight for your dream. Okay. Number two, the woman that truly love you. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely, I can 100% relate to all oh, of them. The men that truly love you. <laughs> yeah, the man or woman. Um, but yeah, number three especially really resonates with me because I think like so many of us don't realize that we only get this one life and life is, sh life is short, but it's kind of not at the same time. And why would you want to settle into a job that you don't enjoy every day and be in a relationship which you, you know, aren't really in love? And, and I think the world is so beautiful and there's so much, so many opportunities. And, it's, and that, that's why I love traveling because when I travel, I really get perspective and I see how big the world is and how, how many opportunities there are. And so that kind of instantly means to me, like, you know, there's so much out there. Like, why would we not make the most of life? Um, so yeah so 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 interesting and really really good quotes i think um i feel like you could sit here for like ages and you could just tell me all of these quotes and lessons that you've learned because yeah it's really really um it's really inspiring but yeah i'm afraid we're gonna have to wrap up the um conversation now so what just one last question before we um end up what um what book if you had to choose one um would you gift to a friend and why what 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 again? What book? Book. Book. Like a book, sorry. <laughs> like what book would you read or give? B E R B E R B. No, like a book. B O O K. <laughs> sorry, the lines of it. Oh, B O K. B O K. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I did read your question. I kind of forgot about it. So what book, right? What book? Sorry, it's my British accent. <laughs> There's a book by a friend of mine called Andrew Matthews. Okay. He wrote a book called Follow Your Heart. So if, if there's one book to read, beside the Bible, you should read the Bible. Now, <laughs> Someone else said that yesterday as well. <laughs> you don't read the Bible. One book to read is called Follow Your Heart by Andrew Matthews. Okay. Is it a love book? Yeah. Okay, interesting. That, that, that is a wonderful book, okay? Yeah, I'll add it to my list. Amazing. So, well, well, thank you so much, Richard, for being on the show um, and sharing your story, your wisdom, and just like so, so, so much gold. I think our listeners will find it really interesting. And it's just, it's such a true testimony to having faith and, you know, looking back in 1994 when you kind of, you know, ran your very first event, you know, poured into it by accident and looking where you are today is just an incredible story and a really good testimony to how you don't need to know everything um, to start off with. And so hopefully your story inspires many people to just start today um, and stop making excuses um and you know prolonging things so yeah and i also want to thank our listeners um and for all your continuous support um we wouldn't have the another startup story community without you guys so please make sure you um click subscribe to ensure you get notified for new episode releases and you won't want to miss this one um so yeah thank you so much um and yeah thanks for having um thanks for coming on the show richard <laughs> thank you so much okay good night oh thank you <laughs>